The title of the message today is The Blood of Jesus is Precious. And I'm going to be referring to a book by Billy Brim, not Billy Graham, but Billy Brim. That's with a B, as in boy, R-I-M. And I understand that we have some copies of this in the bookstore. It is a great book about the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is called The Blood and the Glory. One thing that Billy coined, and I love this phrase, she said that if you will make much of the blood... In other words, if you will highly value and esteem and honor the blood, that the blood of Jesus will make much of you. Oh, hallelujah. I sense the Spirit of God saying that there is equipment, there is strength, there is the ability to make you what you ought to be by the blood of the everlasting covenant of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this Blood is precious. Peter talks about in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19, it says, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by the tradition from your fathers, but you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Now, I like particularly the New Century version of this particular set of verses. So let's take a look at this. It says, you know that in the past, you were living a worthless life. How many of you can relate to that? I mean, B.C., we were all worthless. It goes on to say, a way that was passed down from the people who lived before you. Aren't you glad that you've got a new ancestry. You got a new father. But you were saved from that useless life. I'm not looking at any useless people in this congregation today. The Lord sees you as useful. He sees your potential to be fruitful. As a matter of fact, he has ordained you and called you that you should bring forth fruit to the glory of God. It doesn't matter what age you are, how young you are, how old you are, whether you're in middle age or young age, your life in the hand of God is useful. And we are called to bring forth fruit to the glory of God. So we've been saved from a useless life. We were bought not with something that ruins like gold or silver. Now verse 19, read it with me. But with the precious blood of Christ, who was like a pure and a perfect lamb. You know, our Heavenly Father has got harvest on His mind. And the Bible says that the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth. And he has, what kind of patience? Long patience for it. Until he receives the early and the latter rain. Harvest is on his mind. He sent Jesus into this world as a seed. Jesus gave his life for all mankind. And you and I are one of the people that have cashed in, if you will, on the new birth. The Bible says he's the firstborn among many brethren. 
I don't know what my number is, but my number's in there somewhere. And your number's in there somewhere as well. But the fact of the matter is, there are many people in the world yet to come into the kingdom of God. And God does not esteem them as being of no value. He esteems them of high value. And He is waiting for the precious fruit of the earth to come in in abundance before He returns. Jesus shed His precious blood for precious people. Now what this shows us is this. Is that to God, the precious fruit of the earth is of equal value to the precious blood of Jesus. Oh, glory to God. In Christ Jesus, He looks at people as valuable. He looks at people through the blood of Jesus. And no man or woman will ever go to hell because of what they've done. Or because of what they smoke. Or because of what they shoot. But man and women will definitely go to hell for who they reject. How many of you know, when you come to Christ, all the rejection is gone and you become accepted in the beloved. Your past is done. Your past is history. And if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Some of you need to give your past a decent burial. And put on the headstone, I'm in Christ. I'm a new creation. The past is history. Hallelujah. The precious blood of the Lamb. Now that word precious is used to describe precious gold, precious metals, and precious jewels. You are worth the blood of the Lamb. Your worth is equal to the worth of the blood. See, some of you just don't quite believe that yet. But that's what was paid for for you. And that's what sets your value forever. Now, here's the reason that people don't have a sense of worth and value is because basically they don't value him. But oh, the more you value him, the more you seek him, the more you honor him, the more you serve him, the more you are all in for him, your value and your esteem will not be self-esteem. It'll be God esteem. It's a rebirth of self-worth through the new birth. I'm talking to you today about the value of the blood. What makes the blood of Jesus so valuable? What makes the blood of Jesus so precious? In 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 11 and in verse 19, we're going to take a look at that for a moment. There's no sense of us listing what we were. Because what we were makes no difference. It's who we are now. And in verse 11 of 1 Corinthians 6, it says, And such were some of you. But... You're washed. You're sanctified. You are justified. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ 
and by the Spirit of our God. Now drop down to verse 19 and verse 20. And notice this with me. He says, what? Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Should we be taking care of our bodies? Should we be feeding our bodies properly? Or should we let our bodies just kind of go completely out of control? Should we rest our bodies properly or should we stay up all night? No, your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. God lives in you. And so it becomes our responsibility to take care of the temple. What know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Which is where? Which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own. Look at your neighbor and say, you're not your own. Now say this, I'm not my own. I belong to him. Him lives in me. You know, the awareness of being God inside minded, having him inside of minded in our lives would keep you out of a lot of places. It'd keep you from watching a lot of things. I mean, do you really want to take God into that setting? Do you really want to pollute the temple of the Holy Ghost? Which is in you, which you have of God by allowing yourself to feed on the spirit of this world? You have discovered that the spirit of this world has absolutely nothing to offer. Now, the spirit of this world can offer you something temporarily. But how many of you know temporary passes real quick? Amen? Sin might be pleasurable for a season, but the season ends extremely fast. So he says here, in verse uh, 19, What know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own? Verse 20, he says, For you are bought with a what? Can anyone tell me today what that price was? I, I can hardly hear you up here. What was that price? Thank you. For you're bought with a price. Therefore now, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are who? Well, I can just do whatever I want to do. I can go wherever I want to go. No, you're not your own. You've been blood-bought. You've been Holy Ghost taught. You're always in the right place at the right time. Well, Pastor Mark, you know, I'm educated and I did this and I did that. I am a self-made man. You may be a self-made man, but I'm a bought man. I'm a purchased man. I've been bought. You've been bought with the blood of the lamb. Say with me, I've been redeemed. To redeem means to have been bought back. Now, I'm going to read a little bit from Billy Brim's book. I referred to it a little bit earlier. She says on page 82 and 83 of this wonderful book, The Blood and the Glory. Not the bud, the blood. 
She said the American Heritage Dictionary gives this definition of redeem to recover ownership, ownership by paying a specified sum. She said, as a child, I heard an evangelist tell a story which helped me understand redemption. Everyone say redemption. Yeah. Here's the story. A father and his small son worked together and built a toy boat. They whittled out its hull and painted it red and attached a white sail. Then they enjoyed many happy hours sailing in the river, running through their village. Somehow the father died. When the boy sailed the boat alone, it brought back good memories. Until one day, a big wind caught the little sail and carried the boat down the river faster than the boy could run after it. Out to sea it sailed. The boy missed the little boat for a long time. But around Thanksgiving time, he was completely overjoyed to see his little boat pier in the toy shop window. He ran and said, the band said, well, some fishermen brought it in. And I'll let you have it for what it cost me. The boy didn't have any money. So he fervently went to work. He was chopping wood. He was doing everything that he could to buy that boat back. And he kept thinking, boy, when I get my money, I'm going to go get that boat. I hope it's going to still be in the window. And at Christmas time, on Christmas Eve, he had enough money. But had had someone bought the little boat, he thought. How thankful he was to see the little boat still in the window. Now listen to this. When he came out of the shop, he clasped the little boat in his chest and cried, Little boat, little boat, you're twice mine. I made you and I bought you. We are his by right of creation. But then Adam sold us out into high treason. But then Jesus came back and went to Calvary's cross, pulverized the devil, hell and the grave, and rose from the dead. And now he clasps you underneath his everlasting arms. And he says, you my son and you my daughter have been twice bought. You are mine. I redeemed you. I paid the price through my precious blood. Come on, somebody. Let's give him praise. And so it's so vital, guys, that we honor the blood. We honor the broken body of Christ. When we come together to receive communion, this is serious business. Aren't you glad that he so loved you? That he saw you in your sin? He says, you know what? I'm not going to let Tony perish. I'm not going to let any of them perish. I'm going to pay the price. And you know what he did when he rose from the dead? He took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. He snatched them from the enemy. And then he handed those keys to you. I said he handed those keys to you. And he said to you and he said to me, serve me now if you will. Take what I've done for you and go make a difference in your life.
Apply this precious blood to the doorpost of your heart. Have faith in the blood and it will bring you out of condemnation into a righteous consciousness before the throne of grace. Take this blood and have faith in this blood. And utilize the keys that I have given you. Because there is still much to be done on the earth. How many of you know there's much to be done in America yet? I say by the word of the Lord that God is not finished with the United States of America. I believe that he that has begun a good work in this country, he will perform it. He will complete it until he returns. Somebody says, yeah, but it don't look so good. We don't live by look so good. We live by what we have on the inside. And we've got world overcoming faith on the inside of us. And this world overcoming faith will overcome anything that stands in our way. And so tonight, instead of watching the debate, why don't you come to church? You can record it and watch it later. We are going to do some business on our knees tonight. I'm going to preach a little bit more about the blood of Jesus. But we're going to take the blood and we're going to come into the throne room of grace. And we're going to obtain mercy and find grace for America. Because America has big needs. And Brenda just said, we serve a big God. Say it with me, big God trumps big needs. No pun intended there. Look at Revelation chapter 1 and notice with me in verse 5 and verse 6. Are you happy in the house today? Hallelujah. Let's honor the blood. Revelation chapter 1 verse 5. I love these verses. It says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, the firstborn among many brethren. And he is the prince of the kings of the earth. Unto him that loved us and did what? Washed us, cleansed us from our sins in what? Whose blood? His own blood. Now, notice with me in verse 6. And, not only did he wash you from your sins in his own blood, but and has made you a pauper and a beggar. Has made you less than the least. No, he didn't make you a pauper, he made you a king. Well, I don't feel like a king. I don't look like a king. But the Bible says you are a king. He is the king of kings. And it goes on to say, and priests. Glory to God. We are a royal priesthood. I'm going to try this section over here. We are, you are a royal priesthood. Well, what do we do with this royal priesthood? We take this royal priesthood seriously because he's brought us out of darkness into light. For what reason? That we should show forth the praises of him. As kings and as priests, we ought to be heard praising him. 
I'm talking about from the rising of the sun till the going down of the same. Kings and priests are not moved by what they see. They're moved by what they believe. And they lift up holy hands and give him praise. See yourself, not what you were. See yourself who you are. And know that who you are is not based on your works, but is based on whose you are. Who are you? I'm a child of the king. Say with me, I'm an heir of God. I'm a joint heir of Jesus Christ. I'm a king and I'm a priest. Notice verse 6 again and let's read it together. And has made us kings and priests unto God and His Father. To Him be glory and dominion. How long? How long, heart of the bay? Ooh, glory to God. His blood is precious blood. And there is life in the blood of Jesus. The life of the flesh, the Bible says, is in the blood. How many have ever seen a person right before they had a transfusion? I can remember visiting a friend in the hospital in Kaiser in Fremont. And he was battling a certain disease. And he was very anemic and the color had left his body. But when they began the transfusion, the next time that I saw him, his face was flush. Why? Because the life of the flesh is in the blood. The ingredients in the blood brought him back. And you and I were anemic out there in the world. Without hope and without God. But when we came into a covenant with a covenant keeping God. Woo, glory to God. The ingredients in the blood of Jesus made us flush. It made us righteous. It made us holy. It caused us to be healed and whole. Amen. I'm not looking at a group of anemic Christians. I'm looking at a group of strong believers. Say with me, I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Look with me at John chapter 1 verses 1 through 4. John chapter 1 verses 1 through 4 says, in the beginning was the word And the Word was with God, and the Word was who? Verse 2, the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not made anything that was made. Think about that. Now here's what I want you to see. Read verse 4 with me. In Him was life. That word life there is zoe. It is a Greek word for eternal resurrection life in him was life this zoe life is a force so great that the possessors of it will never die you're looking at a man that will never die i'm looking at a group of people that will never die we may leave our bodies but that's not the end That's really just the continuation of an endless life because of the master. Hallelujah. Never die. What's that worth? 
What's that worth? Somebody says, well, I'm, I'm still searching for the fountain of life. Well, Ponce de Leon did. Back in the year 1513, when he came to Florida, he thought he would find the fountain of life in Florida. But Ponce died. Marco Polo looked for the fountain of life. Last time I checked, Marco Polo was dead. Now, don't misunderstand me. You know, vitamins and all those things are good and everything, but vitamins didn't buy and pay for your redemption. And then they may help you live a little longer, maybe. But, oh, glory to God. I said, glory to God. I said, glory to God. There was one born of a virgin who lived a sinless, sanctified life that went to Calvary's cross and he rose from the dead. And he proves to us the reality of an endless life. And his blood today is still on the mercy seat. And did you know that his blood still speaks? You know what it says to us? It says justified. What does the blood say to you? The blood says redeemed. The blood says completely delivered. The blood is speaking today. Are you listening? Are you receiving what the blood of the lamb has done for you? The blood says you're an overcomer. What are you saying about it? He says we overcome. By the blood of the Lamb. But not just by the blood of the Lamb, but also by the word or the rhema of our testimony. We must add our testimony or our redemptive speech. Come on. To align itself with the overcoming power of the blood. So he says, well, how do I do that? Well, you just get up in the morning and you just stir yourselves up. And you make declarations and confessions like this. Thank God I'm an overcomer. I'm a world overcomer. And I overcome today by the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of my testimony. Because of the blood of the Lamb, I'm spirit led. Say it with me. I'm spirit led. I'm always in the right place. At the right time. Because I have faith in the blood. I am the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus. See, if you don't say something, you can lose by default. Add your testimony to what you're hearing today. Align this tongue up with your redemptive realities. And you will see your life coming up, coming up, coming up. And revelation getting greater and greater and greater. And you seeing more light and more light and more light. How many of you know that in the light of God's word, we can see more light? How many of you are seeing some things today you haven't seen before? That's what the Holy Spirit will do for you. As you add your testimony to the overcoming blood that has been shed for you. Now the Bible says, for as the Father has life in himself, he gave Jesus Christ to have life in himself. Now listen to this statement. The force of life that is in the Creator, it is the same force 
that is in the blood of the Lamb. And that's what was shed for you. And I want to borrow a phrase from an old song. The blood will never lose its power. It'll never lose its power. Look with me now to Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 through 3 in the Holman translation. Hebrews the first chapter. Verses 1 and verses right on verse 3. It says, long ago... God spoke to the fathers by the prophets at different times and in different ways. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son. And God has appointed him heir of all things and made the universe through him. Verse 3. The son is the radiance of God's glory. He is the exact expression of his nature. Now notice. And he is sustaining all things by his powerful word. The King James says he's upholding all things by the word of his power. Oh, there is sustaining power in the blood. Don't ever get on a jet without taking the jet over. I'm not talking about a hostage takeover. I'm talking about a faith takeover. When we get on a jet many, many times, we did this in Springfield. We walked down through that little deal, whatever it is. Put our hand on the jet and say, in the name of Jesus, we're going to the other side. How can you say such a thing? Listen, we're going to the other side. Well, give me some scripture. The scripture is he's upholding all things. He's upholding all things by the word of his power. And he will sustain you and he will uphold you. Some of you here this morning have children that are out there in the world. I'll tell you what, the more you apply the blood and plead the blood of Jesus over their lives, the more of his sustaining power you will see in their lives. The sun is the radiance of God's glory. The exact expression of his nature. Everyone say sustaining. Sustaining all things by his powerful word. After, here's the key. He made purification for our sins. He did that through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you know that the Bible teaches covenant? Now, in Hebrews 8, 6, let me just quote it to you for the sake of time. You and I have been given a better covenant. And it is established on what? We have a better covenant established on Better promises. Now the old covenant was awesome, right? But you and I are living in the new covenant. And the new covenant's better. Now that doesn't mean we throw the old covenant away. We learn from the old covenant, but we don't live under the old covenant. We live under the new covenant. And it's better by far. Now in the old covenant, what the children of Israel needed to do is they needed to go to Jerusalem, they needed to go to the temple, and they needed to bring an animal offering. Sometimes it was a goat, sometimes it was a blood, sometimes it was a bull. And they would sacrifice that animal for their sins. And they would make atonement for their sins. And that would usually last about a year. But it never removed their sin, it only covered it. There's a big difference between removal and covering. So what they had to do, year after year, they had to go back and do it again. 
But oh, thank God, there was one, hallelujah, who came once. I said there was one who came once. Look at Hebrews chapter 9. Did you wear a shouting clothes this morning? I'm telling you, it's okay to shout in church. In Hebrews chapter 9, this is shouting ground right here. Hebrews chapter 9, it says, But Christ, being, being come and high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, it wasn't made with hands, that is to say of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves. Eternal life was not in those animals. But by his own blood, he entered in how many times? He entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for you. You've been eternally redeemed. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Forever Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Forever, O Lord, your blood has bought and paid for me. Now notice verse 13. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkles the unclean, sanctifies to the purifying of the flesh. Read verse 14 with me. How much more shall the blood of Christ... Let's read that first phrase again. How much more shall the blood of Christ... Woo, glory. Who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience... Oh, glory. Woo! The blood of Jesus is precious because there's purging power in the blood. Now, the more we see the value of the blood, the more we'll understand the value of who we are in Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. You're so good to us. True glory. Let's just take this just a little bit further before we have communion in a few moments. In 1 John chapter 1, I want you to notice with me in verse 7. Lastly, the blood of Jesus is precious because of its purging and cleansing power cleansing power. Smith Wigglesworth said this. He said, there's nothing in me that the blood of Jesus will not cleanse. Anybody ever had an honest conversation with the Lord? And an honest examination with the Lord? And He showed you some things that were just not so pretty in your life? Maybe it was an attitude. Maybe it was an impure motive. He never shows you those things to condemn you. He shows you those things so that you can make the adjustment. And in making that adjustment, the finest way that I know to do it is just honor the blood and have the blood of Jesus just cleanse you from the inside out. Hallelujah. 
In 1 John 1, 7, it says, But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Let's stop right there. Now, light is knowledge and understanding that you have. How many of you have been shown some things by the Lord throughout your years? That's light. He's already in the light. But we were in darkness, but then through the renewing of our mind, we got some light. Now, when light comes, there also comes the responsibility to walk in the light. Or to act on the light that we know. To whom much is given, help me out. So if you've been given much light and you're not acting and living in that light, guess what? You need to repent. And get it right. And then get back in the light. Now, I'll be 66 years old in November. I'm a young man. He is renewing my youth like the eagles. I do have testimony after testimony of that. God's been good to this boy right here. God's been so good. And he's been good to you too. But I came out of the world. And we're not going to camp on that. But I had a lot to learn about certain areas in the word. Amen? I mean, what might have come normal to Brenda and to Ingrid and to Pastor Nancy and to PT, because you're all church girls. Except PT, church, church, <laughs> church man there. And Kimberly, of course. Church girl. But um, I had some things to learn, and it's taken a while. But thank God that we can all grow in grace. You're looking at a man that hasn't arrived, but I'm on my way. And here's what I've discovered. On the way, more light has been given. I'm seeing some things now in the last decade or two that I never saw before in the first decade or so. I'm seeing some things. Now, because I didn't see them before, I really didn't know. Therefore, the responsibility for me to walk in something that I didn't have light on wasn't there. Are you hearing me? You're responsible to walk in the light you have. Now, you can't be flaky and start, start ignoring the light. Oh, no, I didn't hear that. You've got to be open to the light. Amen. Amen. And now listen very carefully. That is why we should not be judgmental or critical of those who are, who are growing in the light. I'm going to say that again. We must not be judgmental or critical for, of those who don't have the same light that you do. Don't talk about them. If you're going to talk about them, pray for them. And pray in the Holy Ghost for them. And let God be God and may they all grow in the grace of God. 
Now this verse in 1 John 1, 7 says this. If we walk in the light as He is in the light. Now notice this. We have what? I have fellowship with others. I can have fellowship with other pastors and other ministers that I don't agree with. I can sit down to lunch with them at the Black Bear Diner just so they buy the lunch. And I can love them unconditionally without being in agreement with them wholeheartedly. We should not allow our beliefs to build a wall between our brothers and our sisters in Christ. I know I'm preaching probably better than you realize. But listen, friends, if you'll get a hold of this, this will take that attitude right out of you. This will take that judgmental, critical attitude right out of you. And you will not sow any longer what you've been sowing. He says, judge not that you be not judged. For with the same measure that you judge with all, it shall be measured back to you again. Oh, Jesus. Everyone say, oh, Jesus. So if we walk in the light, that verse, as he is in the light. We have fellowship with one another. And what does the blood do? What does the blood do? Well, the blood of Jesus will only cleanse me from that which I understand and realize and repent of. Yes, it will do that. But will also cleanse you of what you're not aware of. But boy, when you become aware of it, you better walk in it. Are you listening to the preacher today? Save me the blood of Jesus cleanses me from all unrighteousness. So his blood took him into the Holy of Holies. And his blood will take you in. It's a once and for all transaction. It's done for all eternity for all mankind. I like what Mark Hankins says. You need to sit the devil down and tell him a bedtime story. (laughs) Once upon a time, Jesus came and rescued me and ransomed me and stripped you of all of your power. Hallelujah. Glory. The blood of Jesus reaches into your heart and purges you from evil consciousness. The blood of Jesus cleanses you. Now, I've been told, and I don't know this, if you're a medical doctor and know better, please correct me if I'm wrong, but wait till we get to the foyer. I've been told this, that our blood circulates through our body every 23 seconds. But oh, His blood continually circulates through our being and keeps us continually cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Is that all right for you today? Let's lift our hands and thank Him for the Word of God.